I think now, like I said, having a toddler that's just absorbing everything that you mm-hmm. say and do is really like the that's a good kind of like policing for me because I, I you know, I, I said, can I say it? I said, damn it the other day. And, <laughs> and he goes, damn it. So I was like, great. Yeah. So at least you, you could have said a lot yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. heard a lot worse in our house. Yeah. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Defense Never Rest. I am your host, Trisha Baxter. And today we are talking about, I hate to say it, work-life balance. I mean, isn't that the phrase everyone uses? It's so much a fallacy, but it's something that we, we need to talk about. And it's really how do you manage a professional career and a family together. So today, joining me for a second time is co-host Megan Henry. Hey, good, Megan. Good morning. How, how are you? Great. How are you? I saw your daughter on the bus today. We live in the same neighborhood. And I was going to wave to her. I'm like, no, I'd probably embarrass her. So I decided not to do that. Um, but uh, we talked last time. You have two young kids. So you have the same challenges that our, our guests do today. So I figure great for you to be on and help me ask some yes. questions. So, well, so without further ado, our two guests I'll introduce first. Uh, she is a relatively new mother in the trenches, mm-hmm. uh, a son who is two years in May mm-hmm. and has been a perf- in the professional war- world for, God, I think you're younger than me, like maybe 15, 20 years. Am no, I, am I dating so you? You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, she works for the Graham Company. She is the senior claims consultant, Kara White. Hey, Kara. Hello. Are I'm doing well. How are you? I'm so excited that you're here. Well, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so Thank I'm you. interested to get your perspective because my mm-hmm. daughter's seven, so I've kind of already gone through what you've yeah. gone through and I, you forget. As, as you get further out, you mm-hmm. forget. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Yes. And then the second guest, who God bless him, <laughs> I pulled him on this morning to come on the podcast because I wanted a male point of view. This is not just a female issue or a mom issue. This is a dad issue too. He is our newly appointed insurance coverage leader, and he has been practicing for about twenty years. Scott Ribney. Hey, Scott. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. So happy you were like so gung ho. You're like, sure, I'll come on. Absolutely. That's great. It is very uh, courageous of you to come on with <laughs> no prep, no warning. I was just like, come on. So let's start, Kara. I'll throw this to you. Walk mm-hmm. me through your professional legal journey. Okay. And however long you want to talk about it. Yeah. So um, even it kind of like ties into it. But so I started out as a registered nurse and then I went on to law school, practiced um, insurance defense litigation with a focus in medical malpractice and long term care for over 10 years. Um, And then I made the move to the Graham Company, which is an insurance broker. Um, And there as a claimed consultant, I kind of parlay both the legal background and, you know, insurance knowledge into assisting our clients. Um, So I've been there for um, about, I I guess it's over six years now. So, yeah. And that's where you started a family, right? I mean, the, yes. at the Graham, at the Graham <laughs> at Company. At the Graham Company. Yeah. So um, your yeah. perspective is interesting because you'll have the single life yes. versus the married the, yes, children life. The non single life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about Scott? What about you? Tell us about your journey. Well, I've kind of come about full circle. I've been an attorney for 20 years, started downtown here in Philadelphia. You and I practiced for a little while together. That's right. Um, doing the coverage work pretty much my entire career, um, got married to a first grade teacher, moved out of, or I should say moved my practice out of the city, joined some county firms thinking that was going to be more conducive for the family, the work-life balance we were hoping to have. Turned out 
County life wasn't so different than a lot of uh, traditional, stereotypical center city firms. So here I am back down in Philadelphia, reunited with you. Um, three kids later, you know, a 12-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old son, and a four-year-old daughter, <laughs> and having a blast all along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Um, let's start with... Take me through what your day looks like. I'll throw this to you, Kara. Okay. Give me, give me a day in the life of Kara White. Okay. Um, so alarm goes off at like five. Maybe I hit snooze a few times. <laughs> um, get up, coffee, definitely. First definitely. things first, coffee, a little bit of news on my phone and things like that. And then I basically try to get my son's stuff ready, you know, his lunch for daycare. Um, then I, you know, try to get some of my stuff ready, shower. I try to do all this at warp speed before he wakes up because then all bets are off. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, taking taking care of him in the morning and he is it's getting increasingly more difficult because he's like you know nearing the two I was telling Trish like he's yeah. you know nearing the age of two and he's got a lot of opinions and how things <laughs> need to go and you know they're telling you those opinions the routines are getting longer and longer of what we need to do um so it's not like when he was an infant and basically just like you know a loaf of bread that I had to get dressed and put in a car seat yeah. so now he actually cares what he wears yeah yeah <laughs> And so, um, but, but at the end of the day, I have to be out the door by seven 30 in order to catch a train to be down here. So my commute is about an hour and a half door to door. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's basically it. My husband and I kind of take turns who does daycare drop off. Um, I do have the flexibility that I work from home a few days a week, which is nice. So, um, and then what about the end of your day? You were, let's let's day. fast forward through yeah. the eight hours of day. <laughs> fast forward through work, and here it is. Five, I have to be walking out at 5 o'clock to catch a 5.11 train, which gets me home at about 6.30. Um, and those are the days that my husband would have done pickup and has gotten, you know, my son's dinner started already. And so, you know, try to just spend as much time with my son before he kind of flames out, you know, before yeah. bath and bedtime. Um, he usually goes down at about 7.30, and then I, you know, do all the cleaning up. I'll eat, you know, we'll eat ourselves, you know. Um, and then I try to get some of the stuff started for the next morning. Um, and I'm usually in bed by 930 because I just can't. <laughs> I'm you with know, you. <laughs> I can't really stay up. I do like to try to work in downtime. Like I, my goal is to be sitting down by like 830 on the couch and just watching mindless TV so that that's kind of how I decompress. Um, well, I think it's important to have a little yeah. bit of that during your day. Otherwise, you're just going, 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 mm -hmm. and then you completely lose any iota of sense mm -hmm. for your any time for yourself, even if yeah. it's watching some Real Housewives. Well, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. Yes. Real Housewives. I'm sure Scott's not in that. In that or in the that Bachelor. Or anything. Yes. Well, let me take a real quick sidetrack to that. So I'm sitting here waiting for jury duty the other day and filling out the questionnaire. And one of the last questions on there is, "What is your favorite TV show?" And I had a complete blank. I said, "When was the last time I actually sat down?" and A, watched a show I wanted, and B, actually got into it for a while because it's the kids monopolize the TV the yeah. whole time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what am I going to put down there in terms of the show? I'm like, all right, if I put down something my four-year-old watches, it might go one of two different ways. It might get me on or it might get me out. Or mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, what about your day? What does your day, an average day in the life of Scott look like? My day starts around the same time as yours, maybe a little earlier because my 12-year-old, her bus picks her up about 6.40 in the morning. So usually wow. I'm up by about 5, a little before 5, so she can get into the shower at about 5.20, and then my wife usually gets in afterwards. Um, the 4-year-old is usually up somewhere around that 5, 5, 5.30 hours, so it's literally wake up, shower, everything's moving, and I'm going to throw the one caveat in like that's the fall and the winter because 
in place of TV, I like to run, do marathons, do triathlons. Mm -hmm. So come spring and summer, then my day backs up by about half an hour to about 4.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. It's crazy. To get everybody out the door, you know, my youngest at daycare. Mm -hmm. So I feel your pain there. Mm -hmm. um, and then make sure everybody's lunches are ready, dressed out the door, the homework is done. All while starting this process in the in the beginning of it, because a lot of the clients I deal with, their days start by 7, 7.30 in the morning. And I know mm -hmm. that if I want to get in touch with them, that's usually going to be the best time for me to be able to reach everybody before their phone is ringing off the hook. And I can actually have like a really productive conversation. And then, you know, when I'm down in here, it's driving into Philadelphia because... I don't have as much patience as you for waiting for that <laughs> oh, same train the at the end of the day. And I definitely I, don't have patience. I, I've done more than my fair share of either running for the train or missing the train, and then you have to wait another hour for the next one to get out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to miss that time with the kids at the end of the day, in part because they've got to be run in eight different directions between all of their different activities. And then just to be able to have some semblance of downtime with the family. Mm -hmm. So I, that's one of the questions that I wanted to talk to you about is how you handle that commute. Because how long is how long is Scott? How long is your commute? It's the same length of time. If I take a train, it's about an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. If I drive, it's probably about an hour and ten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like Megan and I live in New Jersey, and it's only eighteen miles, but right. it can take an hour and a half mm -hmm. depending yeah. on the traffic. Mm -hmm. So I drive too, but I try. How do I make that drive productive? Because it's for train. I imagined. Do you make it productive, or do you use it as downtime? Both, yeah. honestly, and it sort of depends. But a lot of times in the morning, I'll try to make it productive, you know, get a jump on people that have emailed, you know, the evening before. I do do a quick glance at email at night as well, but I try not to really engage because then I can't shut my mind off. Right. Um, so I'll try to, you know, just get a jump on emails. Um, but there are times that I definitely am like ordering groceries online to be delivered or, you know, whatever. But that's all productive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. unproductive time. Yeah. And I'll, I'm, I might try to work a little bit on the way home on the train as well but usually by then I'm sort of you know kind of transitioning out of the work day um, and sort of getting you know in the headspace to yeah. to do the home stuff the job number two you know yeah. when you get home so I'm with you on the train in the morning I'm more productive and then the afternoon I kind of I use it I call it my candy crush time even though I'm not playing candy crush I kind of use it as my okay mm -hmm. I'm gonna go home and there's gonna be a whole whirlwind of activity mm -hmm. that I'm gonna have to deal with so let me just calm down for 30 minutes before I get there and have to deal with the next section of chaos mm -hmm. <laughs> And what I started doing, actually, I used to take the train all the way. You know, I live up in um, near like Lawrenceville area. So I used to take the train all the way. But I now drive down to Cornwell's Heights off 95. So I have about like a 35, 40 minute drive to like a 35, 40 minute train. And the reason I did that is because, you know, once my son got into daycare, I was nervous about, you know, if I had to leave here quickly, I know mm -hmm. I can get an Uber to my car yeah. um, as opposed to I'm not sure Uber drivers would want to go like, you know, all the way, you know, up that far into New Jersey. So I started doing that um, and it does break it up a little bit. Um, so, but it also prevents me from having like that nice hour and a half to like open a laptop and actually do some meaningful stuff. So most of the work I do is basically on my phone. Yeah. How is your, uh, and I mean, you and I work for the same company, so this right. is kind of an odd question to ask you, <laughs> but how does your, uh, your company handle, you mentioned working from home. Mm -hmm. Are they, I assume they're supportive. How, how do you, how did you make that happen? 
Um, so I, I don't even remember how it happened initially, but um, it started with one day and then it went to two after I had my son. Um, but uh, they were great about it. And I think, you know, they understand that the commute is long. And um, I think it just kind of came up naturally. Um, my supervisor is extremely supportive. Um, and I think she understands also the need for work-life balance and, and the company in and of itself understands the need to keep their employees happy because they invest a lot in us to get us there um so but i mean i have a home office i have dual monitors and i mean i treat it as if like i am in an office setting now would i go out and like do a load of laundry of course um but for the most part i'm going into the home office in the morning oftentimes a lot earlier than i would get into the office here um and just really treating it as if i'm in an isolated space so i'm not one of those people that can do work you know in front of the tv or anything like that so i have a desk and two monitors and you know the phone a landline i can't believe you have a landline oh i do i know i know i'm very very official yeah well so that's the thing for me that has i think saved my sanity with Mm -hmm. managing family and a business and a practice is the ability to work from home not everybody has that ability Mm -hmm. especially in the legal profession and, and the claims profession, you know, a lot of um, the Graham company has for years been one of the best companies to work for because they're very family oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't have that. Right. For me, it's saved my sanity. Being in the car every day like that mm-hmm. would I, I just it's a waste of time for me. I, you know, like I put my daughter on the bus. I love that I have the ability and flexibility that I put my yeah. daughter on the bus almost every day. Mm-hmm. And I try to pick her up from the bus. So, you know, if I work from home, then I do that and I. And I will chat with her about her day for half an hour, and then I go back into my office and do work. But I mean, if you you have any advice for people that work for companies that are not that friendly, how they could work from home, either one of you, what, what would you do? What would you tell those people? I, I think you know you need to demonstrate your ability that you're focused and you're a hard worker, um, and that you can do the job regardless of you know where you're doing it. So I think that's a big piece of it. So you know. I think being accessible and available, you know, as much as it might pain me to say it after hours, you know, so people know that you're not just, you know, I'm cutting it off at five o'clock and you're not going to hear from me again until nine (laughs) um, the next day. So, you know, I think just building that trust um, and, you know, I think a lot more companies are, are flexible, but I do feel for the people that don't have that flexibility. I really don't know you know, how they do it. I think it would be very exhausting and stressful. So have you yeah. ever thought about how, when you were in the private practice, the billable hour, hour yes. world, how you would have handled your life now? Have you ever thought about that? Yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I mean, of course I did a lot of thinking about it when I knew that this, this was the podcast, you know, that we were discussing. <laughs> I'm not sure how I would have done it quite honestly. Now I do think like I would have had to have just become more efficient. I do think looking back when I was younger and practicing attorney and, and it was just me looking out for myself, you know, that I probably did in retrospect, waste a lot of time. Um, and I, I really probably could have been a lot more efficient, but, um, I think if, if I were, I'm still a billing entity, but, um, do you, you still do bill. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but you know, the, the litigation, you know, and the part of it and being on trial and stuff, like, I think you have to have a really, a really strong support system. You have to have a village. Um, and just the day-to-day billing hours, I think you have to do what you guys do. I think you have to sort of multitask. Um, I think you have to, you know, be taking calls in the car. I think you have to probably dedicate some time after kids go to bed to just do a little sweep of the email and see if there's something that, you know, the low hanging fruit that you can like (laughs) knock out, you know? So I, I, I think that's probably what I would have had to have done. Yeah. Can I just jump in here real quick? Because at a couple other firms, I actually had this discussion with some folks because they were 
so against the idea of people working remotely. Right. And there were, it really came down to, I think, three things ultimately at the end of the day. Number one, some people, even the lawyers, were steadfast in their belief that the law doesn't allow them to have employees work remotely. So I actually took the time to look into it, all the different issues that could go on. I said, no, yes, it does. You can. The other problem, and I think this is really gets to the heart and maybe even some problems within the individual businesses is there was a lack of trust with the employees that so true. if they're not in the office and where they can be seen, they're goofing off and they're not going to be doing the work. Well, my response to that is if you don't have that kind of faith in your employees, then you probably have the wrong employees. Right. Or maybe you need to do a little more self-inflection on yourself to say, what kind of leader or manager are you? Because honestly, you know, I've at a bunch of different places, seeing people who are in the office for 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, they're productive at most five or six. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is just wasted time being here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that they're not really utilizing the resources to the best of their ability. And then the last part, and you, you hear me talk about this all the time, it's the technology component of it. You know, to be able to have the ability to work remotely, whether it's on a phone, on an app, on a desktop, from anywhere in the world, has really changed a lot of the way that we do business. I mean, you talk about, you know, what do we do with the commute in the morning? I may line up on just a little scrap piece of paper. Yes, I still use some of those. A bunch of things I need to dictate. Paper. Yeah. But then I'll turn around and I'll dictate it right through my phone because my phone's hooked to my car. So I could just hit this and say, open this app and then start dictating. So my hands are on the wheel. My eyes are straight ahead. But I can just go forward and I can get, you know, a dozen emails done yeah. over mm -hmm. the course of a commute. And then it's easy when I get to the office or wherever I'm going to just proofread them really quick. And again, the software is so good nowadays that it's not like it used to be where you might have to go and rewrite an entire thing. It may take you, you know, less than three minutes mm -hmm. to go and do. And I feel like that's changed only oh, yeah. in the past few years because yes. I left the practice of law like six years ago and I, that technology was just emerging. Yeah. I mean, I was still going and getting a paper file, mm -hmm. dictating through a dictaphone. I mean, it it's <laughs> made leaps and bounds, I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but like when I work from home, I feel like I'm much more efficient and productive than when I'm in the office. I tend, when I come to the office, I'm like, well, I haven't seen you people in a few yeah. days, so I need to catch up, <laughs> see what's going on. And I talk more when I'm at home. I the only person I have to talk to is myself so or anyone who calls me on the phone. So I get so much more done and mm -hmm. you're able to maximize your entire day. Even if you're throwing in laundry or like picking up some things, I'm usually doing that while I'm on a call mm -hmm. and they might hear clanking in the background. But whatever mm -hmm. it may be, I'm 10 times more productive. Mm -hmm. And I think early on in my career, I didn't really have that work from home option. So what I ended up doing is just sneaking it in and not telling anybody. And no one knew Flying where I was. Under the radar. <laughs> yeah. No one asked because you're always out of the office going to court and doing this. So mm -hmm. I just started pushing in one day a week that I'd be home. And as long as I was getting my work done, no one raised an eyebrow. No one knew where I was. And I just 
eventually expanded it and now like I'm home probably four days a week oh, wow. and I get oh, a lot great. more done. Yeah. yeah, I would say I think the, the, the attorneys in our office that work from home um, consistently, like the four days a week, they crush it. Like, mm-hmm. And so it's I, I, I have been told in my career, at other firms like you, Scott, this is not a work from home mm-hmm. profession. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> Actually, it's probably one of the best kinds that you mm-hmm. can work from home, mm-hmm. especially with technology. So what do you guys how do you handle sick days when your kid is sick? <laughs> Cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you get that call from daycare and you're like, no, yeah, please just be calling that they fell and hit their head. <laughs> See, here's the, here's the big wild card with that. It's what does your spouse do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how much flexibility right. mm-hmm. does your spouse have? Like as a teacher, my wife only gets X number of days per year. Mm-hmm. That's me too. We're both yeah. married to teachers. Yeah, so so okay. we, in, at least in our house, we try to keep those for okay, the doctor's appointments or like when something really bad hits or if I know I've got to be on a trial and I say, okay, I can't rearrange things for that. Otherwise, typically in our house, it's whoever touched the sick child first. <laughs> You're stuck with them until that child's better. I like that rule. Yeah. You guys it's are like quarantining. A, yeah. like, like, tossing it. a hot we, potato. We literally got like the quarantine room, so to speak, where it's okay, I'll be in there or my wife will be in there with the TV and whatnot and they're away from everybody else but with three kids something like the stomach bug hits you don't want that running through the rest of the place yeah about you how do you handle sick days yeah i mean so my husband's an attorney and in a corporate setting so he has some flexibility but you know it's it's funny because in the beginning when we both weren't used to this it was sort of like you know the discussion of like whose job's more important (laughs) Um, but you know we sort of just kind of take turns i mean honestly um but you know it depends on what's on our calendars on any given day um you know and i do have the ability to you know make a phone call and say i'm sorry i have to you know i have to work from home today as opposed to tomorrow because you know i have to stay home um i do try to be really judicious though about um you know, using my sick time, we have a generous benefits package. And so, you know, I'm honest. I mean, if I, if I really only get four hours of work done, I'm taking a half day PTO. Like I'm not abusing it because, you know, I just feel that it's important to, to maintain that integrity of the process too. And not just like quote unquote work from home. No, if I'm really only getting half a day in or not, not a day in, I will take it off. Um, you know, because I, I just, you know, I firmly believe that that's a big part of like building the trust too. Yeah. You maintain that trust. So when something really does hit the fan, they believe you when right. you have whatever happened. Right. So let's talk about activities. I know Jack's not into activities yet. <laughs> He's not even two. But how about you guys? What do you how do you handle activities? Room parents or well, sports or Well you and you have a lot of activities for your kids. Oh my gosh. Your kids are all over the, the place. We're going six days a week with activities. You know, right? And during a, a sports season there's something going on every day of the week. But you know, as I tell everybody, it's the best time. Yeah. You know, I would never miss one of my kids' events. And growing up, you know, I had a father who worked six days a week. You know, mm-hmm. he would go into the office on Saturday mornings, but he always made every one of the things that I had. And I see you know what that's that's the things I remember most. And I always want my kids to be remembering that as well. But it all comes down to really how organized are you? And then how flexible can you be? Yeah. You know, one of the things, you know, so many attorneys like to trumpet themselves on is, oh, you know, you can switch on the fly, whether it's in a courtroom or in a deposition, a trial, what have you. Well, life's the same way, you know. It's 
you know, he could get a call. Okay, you know, this, you know, my daughter now has a, a practice this Friday that wasn't scheduled beforehand. Okay, so now we've got to make some adjustments. Okay, who's going to get her out to that practice, which isn't anywhere near where our house is? You know, my wife's leaving on Saturday to go with my son to a competition in another state, and then my daughter's got, you know, a tournament on Saturday. So, yeah, you know, it's that type of thing. And then during the week, it's, it's really, you learn how good of a marriage you have when you have to balance a lot of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in my house, I, my oldest daughter's seven, so she's just getting into the activity portion and the younger one's five. So she's not quite there yet. So activities are still kind of a family affair mm-hmm. and I'm going to try my best to have them in similar activities. Yeah. <laughs> it won't work. Sorry. They'll be on different days. I promise you. I know. So right now we don't have the activities split that, that you have. I'm sure that's to come, but right now we can still kind of manage. Okay. We're all going on Saturday morning and I have them both in the same thing. And during the week it tends to fall on me because I have the flexible schedule and I'm working from home more frequently. I'm able to take, my older daughter to tennis lessons or whatever, whatever other thing she has going on. Um, but during the week, it falls on me mostly. Yeah, and I think my, I mean, I have to say we're all very fortunate to have what seems to have a supportive spouse. Um, I was raised by a single mom who mm-hmm. couldn't make yeah. it to a lot of the activities mm-hmm. because she, we counted on her single salary. Mm-hmm. So I would, in, in the 80s, I would walk to my activities mm-hmm. by myself. <laughs> like, who does that anymore? It's, so, it's so true. Like when, you know, I feel like I grew up in the dark ages because yeah. of that. It's like, well, I, I walked to everything and, you know, yeah. it wasn't, my parents really didn't have the ability to be at every single activity too. And activities were really centralized. Yeah. Um, and you, you did know. one, maybe two. You weren't doing like five or mm-hmm. 10 or. Yeah. Yeah. So and I feel for single parents out there that too. maybe want to be part of the activities, but they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very fortunate to have, you know, spouses. And I think that kind of run through a lot of what we've talked about already is one of the things I want to talk to you about is how supportive is the spouse, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, married to teachers, they get off at three, like my husband gets home by three o'clock, which is beautiful. I don't know mm-hmm. what I would do if I had him coming home at six, which I think that's when, you know, your husband gets home or mm-hmm. maybe even later. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, do you have these conversations with your spouse? How does that work for you guys? Yeah. I mean, so my husband actually works from home one day a week. Um, so between the two of us, there's three days a week at home, which is good yeah. because that kind of covers pickup and drop off and things like that. So that just naturally fell into place. Um, I typically do most of the, you know, cooking, cleaning up, um, although he will pitch in and he typically does most of the like, you know, take out the garbage and things like that. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but Man I mean, jumps. we've just fallen into those gender roles. Um, but he really um, he's really hands on as a father um, and has absolutely no problem, you know, diapers, baths, anything like that. Um, so it really works out well. That's, um, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, it just, you know, I, I knew that about him. Um because he has an older child. So I knew that about him going in. Um, and it really has just, it's, it's been great, uh, because I don't know how people that have to kind of do all of it, do it all. And that's, what's great about you and I. So we're both stepmoms mm-hmm. and, and we sort of, we got a preview into our, our yeah. husband's <laughs> yeah. dad skills before we signed yeah. up for marriage. How about you, Scott? How do you guys balance that? I'm fortunate, very fortunate because my oldest is awesome. You know, at 12 years old, she will step up and do whatever we need her to do. So you you actually have a third. I I really do have a third set of hands there, just not behind the wheel of a car yet. Yet. But in terms of everything else that (laughs) would be going in Pennsylvania in three years. (laughs) 
But no, I mean, it, it does help out a lot. And a lot of it is really just flipping off on the fly. You know, okay, if, you know, my wife's had a rough day, then it's like, okay, I'll take the youngest up, get her in for a tub there. And then everybody else, it's like, you do this, you do that. Okay, boom, boom, boom. And it's done. It's not like a military household. I don't want to give that impression. (laughs) But everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to be doing now because they see us all the time going and just kind of very organized and regimented. I mean, I, I feel bad for people, and I don't know how they do it, who don't know like what day of the week it is and what's going on because to to me I that's the type of thing that would stress me out the amount of activities doesn't but we work very hard to try and get the kids into a schedule and say okay you know when you have to do this my son's got practice three days a week for his sport he's got maybe a half hour between when he comes home and when he's got to be running out for it so it's like okay you know if I'm not around it's like here's something that's already cooked you can go reheat so he knows come home change eat Someone will be by to pick him up. My daughter gets home half hour beforehand, so she can help out there. And at least they've got the two of each other to balance out. And my wife gets home half an hour or an hour later than your husband, so it's really into that crazy time period here. What about local family members? Do you have any, like, in-laws, grandparents, siblings, or anyone that's around to help out with a day-by-day when, like, say, you and your husband both Mm -hmm. have conflicts and you just can't? make the pickup um so my in-laws are about 30 minutes away from us at home so my mother-in-law is our emergency you know pickup contact so i mean you know i bought her a car seat and you know she's (laughs) she's the go-to and she's the retired so but they love to travel so it's yeah i mean they're i I want to travel to you or just not travel around they love to travel in general yeah so sometimes you run the risk of them like not being available um and and uh, um my brother-in-law also is the, is in the same place that they are. But um, other than that, we come from big families, but, you know, just not a lot of people are right here. Um, and I'm pretty envious. You know, I see people in my neighborhood that are like, oh, my sister lives down the block and my parents are there. I'm like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> I'm so people jealous. People are in walking distance. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, we do we do have the, you know, the emergency people in place. But I, I really... Uh, I really am envious of people that have the the family members yeah, that are really I'm close. So true. We don't have yeah. any. Just by the the practicality, my mother in law is ninety one and has MS. She just yeah. can't right. do that. Right. And my, my my mom lives in South Carolina, and we just don't have that family support. So it's tough. I see people are like, oh, I'm I'm gonna call my mom or my mother in law or my brothers <laughs> and sisters for babysitting. I'm like, oh, I would love mm-hmm. to have that. Mm-hmm. That's tough. The only thing that bothers me a little bit about you know the people who do that and. Let me caveat with this. We have both sets of parents relatively close by, like within a 20-minute drive. Mm -hmm. Um, Faster if it's an emergency, they can (laughs) Mm -hmm. get there, at least I know on my side. But we don't abuse it. You know, it's okay. If we're completely attached with something or something really big came up or someone is sick and neither one of us can take off, then we'll we'll call in the troops, so to speak. But – you know, I'll hear people at the, my kids' different events where it's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go out and go shopping today. So I called my in-laws to come and watch right. my son or daughter, and then I spent like three or four hours at the mall. I'm like, it's great if you want to have that time with them, but I feel so guilty about that because I know just with our professions, there are times where it's like I can't be there. I'm on a trial that's starting, you know, in western Pennsylvania or in New York or New Jersey or someplace else, and my wife has – you know, things that she just can't move, you know, so it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm picking up the bat phone and it's, it's lighting on somebody's other end here so they can come out and help out. But yeah. it's, I tip my hat for the people like you, Trish, who do it, who don't have that support network, like 
at your fingertips at disposal. You got to line something else up because it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It makes travels really tough for us. Summertime yeah. is great. Tom's off. My husband's off. Mm-hmm. But if we have travel and if I travel during the school year, it's we have to talk about it for weeks in advance mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> to get that situated. Well, let's shift to work stress. I mean, the what we do is on a day-to-day basis is stressful. Um, how do you guys manage that well? That's my biggest struggle is leaving the stress of what I happened that day at work, at work, I get home and I want to be present for my mm-hmm. daughter. I struggle with that. How do you, do you guys have this down pat? Can you, can you no. teach me or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, because it's been a real big mindset shift for me. I try so hard to be present because, um, you know, I don't want to be that person that has their face buried in their phone and trying to, to multitask when part of the, the quote unquote task is being with my son, you know? Um, so, but I've, I did it that way for so long and, and had my son later in life that really old habits die hard. Um, but I really try to just put the phone down, um, and really just kind of, uh, make myself understand that things can wait. Um, but, and I was joking with you, showing you a video of my son on the phone. And I was like, I hope he's not learning that from me on his toy cell phone, yeah. you know, sashaying <laughs> around the kitchen. He had um, the, phone, the toy phone up to his mm-hmm. ear, walking around mm-hmm. like he was like a 50 year old man. Right. He's not even two. Right. So and so, you know, that kind of stuff is eye opening. And I try to really, right. really keep that in mind that, you know, they see everything and hear everything. So um, I really try to just be present when I'm home. How do you handle it? See, I find the harder part, because we, we set aside time where it's like, okay, work is done. Like when we're there for dinner, we always have dinners together as a family, minus like the couple days where my son is like practicing till nine o'clock at night. But every other day of the week, it's like, okay, we're there. There's like that two hour block where there's nothing being done. You know, I'm not on my phone. My wife's not checking work email. Occasionally, if something comes up, okay, I know at dinner, I'm going to be expecting a call from someone. I may say, all right, I'm going to have to step out for a few minutes. But that's the rarity. The bigger challenge for me is not the checking of the emails. It's how do you leave the stress from work out? You know, and you, you had a real hard, hard day. You had a real challenging attorney on the other end who was just hitting all the wrong buttons with you. I don't want to get home and be like that angry parent who's, you know, doesn't want to do anything with the kids. I want to be able to let all of that go. And I joke with my kids. That's why I go to the gym. That's why I work out so much. So I can literally get it all out. And, you know, it's really coming to home now with a teenage or soon to be teenage daughter who's getting into all of that and now starting to feel like different stress in her life, but real stress to say, okay, here's what I'm doing. Well, you see me disappear into the basement, you know, to, to ride on the bike or go on the treadmill or do something. I just, I got to get it out. All I need is like 15, 20 minutes and I'm good. And then I can go back. I can join everybody. It's like, okay, now we can go have fun. I can run around with the kids, do all stuff that kids should be doing. Right. And they mm-hmm. see you have a healthy outlet to your stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I struggle with it. And when I'm having, a, like yesterday I had a really good day. I had an awesome call with a client. I was like one of those, like, wow, I really crushed it, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't get those a lot, but I really <laughs> felt good about it. And I wa- and I went home and I was an awesome parent. Like I was in tune. I, me and Kaylee were like eye to eye. I loved it. And then there's like days where last mm-hmm. week where I have the opposite situation where, where you're dealing with a very difficult plaintiff's counsel or maybe you'd be dealing, dealing with a difficult insured, somebody who's really not happy with, with whatever's going on. And it takes a toll. Like, yeah. I love to be the person that has that emotional intelligence to just 
cut that off, but I get home and it, I have that angst still in me mm-hmm. and I can feel it. So maybe I need to get a bike in the basement or something. <laughs> I have a treadmill upstairs. But... So how do you, do you, how do you, do you, I mean, you work out, right? I do. I mean, not as much as I, I'd like to, but I do feel that that definitely helps. Um, honestly, sometimes I just have to bounce things off my husband. I was doing it last night. You know, I didn't want to talk about work at nine o'clock at night, but I was like, I just need your opinion on this. <laughs> you know, so um, we try not to do that just yeah. because, you know, that a lot of times isn't helpful because you just get hijacked in the situation. But um, yeah, I mean, there are times I I have the benefit of, I try to use the drive or the train, you know, the drive. I mean, you can kind of like, you could have conversations with yourself and get a lot (laughs) off off your chest then, you know. Lots of screaming in that car ride. Yeah, you can do that. Um, But, you know, I try to find outlets that, so that when I walk through the door, you know, I'm not bringing it through the door with me. I'm not saying I have that perfected by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I'm sure if you ask my husband, he would tell you that too. So <laughs> it's a work in progress, uh, definitely. But I think now, like I said, having a toddler that's just absorbing everything that you mm-hmm. say and do is really like the that's a good kind of like policing for me. Because I, I you know, I, I said, can I say it? I said, damn it the other day. And, <laughs> and he, he goes, damn it. So I was like, great. Yeah. So at least you, you could have said a lot yeah. worse. Oh, than yeah. That. We've yeah. heard a lot worse in our house. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not saying those words don't exist in our house, too. But I mean, the idea that he like echoed it right back to me, I was like, and here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so. How about you? How do you handle the, the stress? I, I I do a lot of the exercise, but I, I really, really try just to turn it off. And I say from I can stress out about this at nine o'clock, but from 530 till nine, I have to just mm-hmm. I kind of just put it back here and then I, I'll let it creep in later. But I really, really do my best just to push it out because um, I've noticed there's been other times where I have that feeling and then I snap or I'm really impatient or I. I, I get impatient with something that I wouldn't normally get impatient with. So I do the best I can just to put it in the back yeah. of my mind and say, I, I can't do anything about that right now. So I'm going to deal with that later. Mm-hmm. It's not always perfect. Yeah, I got to work on that. <laughs> what about the billable hour? You are still, and that's one of metric that you're still involved with, but mm-hmm. how, how do you, do you guys, does that stress you out as far as billable hours mm-hmm. and your family? You after 20 years, you're like, I got it. Ever since I started practicing day one, all I've done is the billable hour. Mm-hmm. So it's as normal to me as breathing and walking and eating right now. It's it's just part of my life. It's part of my job. It's what I do. Um, for the new people coming into it, I could see where that would be stressful because they, they spend so much time worrying about the time that they're losing more time with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. How do you, what's your practice? Is it you have a certain number that you hit every day? Do you have any like habit that you? I'll be honest. I focus more on the tasks. Mm -hmm. Like I I worry less about the number and more on the the amount of work coming in and the quality of the work going out, Mm -hmm. you know, because I find that if you you have enough work, and this is what I used to tell young associates all the time when I would be working with them is when the work is there, the hours flow. You know, if you're doing your job and I'm doing my job to make sure the work is is coming in, you don't worry about the hours. You, you, you keep track of them and you'll have whatever number you need and then some by the end of the day. And as long as you recognize, okay, there may be some days where it goes a little lower. There are going to be some days where it's a little higher. But if you try to have self-imposed metrics on yourself and say, okay, you know what? I want to hit this number every month, or I know I've got a a vacation I want to take in June or July, 
it's easier for me to add an extra 10 or 15 hours a month now so that I can take off that time and not have to worry about it. How do you handle it, Kara? So, I mean, our, our requirements aren't, you know, the same as, you know, they were when I was an attorney. So, um, you know, we still have to capture our time and bill our time, but it's a lot, um, it's a lot less stringent, I guess, in terms of how you do it. Um, but, you know, hearkening back to my days as an attorney, I think the biggest mistake that I would make is not, you know, just entering the time when I was doing the task because you leave a lot. You know, you leave a lot on the floor if you don't do that. Yeah. So my suggestion to, you know, associates that are starting out and when I used to mentor associates, I would say, you know, just enter your time, you know, at the same time you're doing it or try not to, you know, let a, a more than a few days go by without really going back and reconciling it because you really will not get that time back. Um, and, and really it's, you know, it's doable, um, I think. I mean, I'm not... I'm, not sure what everyone's hours <laughs> requirements are these days, but um, it is doable if you really if you really stay on top of it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first became a parent, I was completely stressed out and overwhelmed about making the time because I was like, oh, my gosh, I was spending before I had kids, I was spending so much more time in the office. Mm -hmm. And I think this goes exactly to the efficiency argument or mm -hmm. efficiency discussion we we're having earlier. I was spending so much time in the office and just like scraping by making my hours and then I was like what's gonna happen like how am I gonna be able to do this and then you find well you're just a lot more efficient and mm -hmm. you're better about keeping on task now am I perfect about keeping on task of billing for my emails the day they come in no Right, but. right. No, who, who is? But yeah. there is a track of those, and I can keep track of them. Yeah. See, and it's funny. For me, it was the exact opposite. When we had each one of our kids, and they were the infants, my hours went up because the way we had it broken out was I would be up with the kids until midnight, 1 o'clock, whenever that last feeding was. Well, all they do is pretty much sleep and eat. <laughs> so I would have, and there's somewhere there's a picture of my firstborn, like asleep in my arm with a dictaphone, like right <laughs> on top of my other arm there. But that's it. I would have like a stack of papers on one side. I'd have her on the other. And I would just be dictating for an extra four hours. I'd go to sleep at midnight one. My wife would have from like one to, you know, five or six or whenever, you know, the kids woke up at that point and then she was on maternity leave. She'd be home during the day. And when she went back to work, we kind of kept the same thing. So at least we were both averaging about five hours of sleep a night. So it worked out. But again, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Everybody does different things. It just it clicked with our house. Yeah. I, I have a picture of you, like, <laughs> your kids falling to sleep to your voice when you're dictating coverage opinions, which God bless you. I think I'd fall asleep too, right? It, it worked with my third until she was about a year. And then when she woke up, I had to start dancing around the floor with her to like some chipmunk bebop music. But that was the only thing that got her to fall asleep. And I thought, God help me when this child gets older because I already see the road she's traveling down here and I know how this story's gonna end. Well, I know um, just a couple last topics. We're gonna wrap this up. But, you know, Kara and I had children later in life, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you think that, or has that affected your career or being a mom? You ever thought about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have. Um, 
I mean, obviously, I think that I'd like to think that there were some great times and not so great times like in my 20s and 30s that, you know, I could bring to, you know, life lessons, you know, for having a, a child later in life. But um, from a career perspective, I think I'm lucky in that, you know, I did I had made the decision to kind of transition out of the law firm and and, and over into the Graham company. And so, you know, I don't feel like my career has suffered a setback as a result of, of being a mom. Um, I don't know what the case would have been if I stayed in practicing law. You know, I don't know if it would have, you know, if you had a, a baby when you were associate, would it have taken longer to make partner? I'm not sure. I do know people uh, that I'm friendly with that are still in the law firm setting that they managed to do it all. Um, so I think that there is definitely a different approach to that um, these days. But, I, I'm, you know, I think I'm lucky in that I sort of, you know, started a different path, um, which, you know, was more, turned out to be more family friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And it just it just worked out well for me so yeah I'm, I'm kind of the same way like I you know I was my, my daughter was 10 months old when I was opening an office mm-hmm. and managing it and running it so I had the time dedicated to my career kind of before I started having children and mm-hmm. I think not that that's easy I mean when you're opening office when your daughter's 10 months <laughs> yeah, old that was imagine. hard but you know I had that sweat equity already built in I don't know if I had had my daughter when I was 32 or 30 or mm-hmm. 28 what my career would look like. How, yeah. Has that affected you guys? You guys had kids younger, right? Well, I had, I started my legal career a little bit later, and then I, but I had kids early in my legal legal career, and I think when I had my first daughter, I think it, it, I was nervous about it and I was stressed about it, and I think I wouldn't say it prevented me from doing anything, but I think it slowed down the progress maybe for a few years because during that very early stages when they were really young, I wasn't marketing as much because I just. I honestly side tabled it because I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to do this right now. Mm-hmm. And this is what's important. But after my second daughter was born, I was, I think she was four months old and I was flying. I think this is when I met you. I was flying across the country to a conference in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. you know, and she was four months old. And I think that's when I started to get things back on track is from a marketing standpoint. So I think there was a, almost like a, a little t- curve to the plan, but mm-hmm. it didn't, I don't think it set me off path. Yeah. What about you? How does, how do you feel about that? We had my first daughter when I was early 30s, and you know I think late 20s, early 30s, was that a big difference in my mind? Yeah, it was. I mean, I think mm-hmm. by that point, I already had a good deal of sweat equity into the profession. I was more mature at that point. Um, things were a little easier. I still was a baby in terms of the legal profession when you look at people who've been doing it for 50, 60 years. But it was enough where I at least had an appreciation, I think, of, okay, here's what's going to be involved. Um, here's what's going I need to do for my family and things that I want to do better than, you know, my parents who raised me. And they did an awesome job. But, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to try and teach my kids. Okay, you got now. It's their job to do better than what we're doing right now. But the people who have children going into law school or right after law school, it comes down to where you're working. Really, mm-hmm. that's either going to make it very easy for you or it's going to make it very challenging. And, you know, I'm sorry, it applies to both men and women nowadays in this profession because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when I go to my sport, the, my kids' sporting events, there are as much dads there as there are moms, you know, and it yeah. varies based on the day of the week. And we're all doing the same thing. We're watching on the field or on the TV screen and we're doing work at the same time. So there's not as much chit-chat back and forth, you know, as you know, maybe we were used to growing up. 
but there's still some of that. What about your prior firm? Well, I mean, not, I don't want you to single any no, prior no, no. firms, but <laughs> did you ever get any pushback? Because you're an involved dad mm-hmm. and and uh, a partner and with a caseload and clients. Did you ever get pushback from any of your prior employers? Oh, ab- like, absolutely. Your and wife should be doing that. Maybe they don't no, say not, it not like that. that. But, but there was definitely a lot of pushback and, you know, a lot of, okay, you know, we're going to schedule meetings at 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the morning and you need to be here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had to make a choice at that point of being you know, with people who I'd been with for a long time, or do I go and make some changes for something that I know would be better for my family? And not knowing what was going to happen with the clients, you know, the reception they would have if I, if I left for those reasons to go someplace else. But at the end of the day, they get it. And I think one of the things we forget about is the people we deal with, most of them work remotely. Most of their employers are so far ahead of where the legal profession is in terms of understanding you need to have that work-life balance. You'll actually be a better person and better at your job if you're removing at least that stress of it, you know, of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm feeling bad because I had to drop my son off at daycare or my daughter off at 630 to get my other two who are in elementary school to the before care by seven o'clock mm-hmm. or quarter of seven so I can make a 730 meeting in the morning for what <laughs> you know it, it it's but they're tough decisions because sometimes you know maybe there's a pay cut someone has to take maybe you can afford it maybe you can't afford it but the best advice I got right when my wife was pregnant with my first and I got the same advice from attorneys I liked (laughs) and the ones who we couldn't sit civilly at a table together was that the one thing they all regretted and they had this in common they're older men was that they didn't take the time with the families early on either their firms wouldn't allow it their personalities didn't allow it they wanted to you know just make enough money that they wouldn't have to worry about it and be able to support the families. And what they all found was that by focusing so much on the one side, they missed developing that bond with their children the way they saw so many other parents do it. And they came to regret it later in life. I think that's definitely uh, what our generation has and the younger generation Mm -hmm. has better than the older ones is Mm -hmm. the dads are way more involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and companies are starting to support that Mm -hmm. a little bit better. I mean, I notice that at school drop off or daycare drop off, I mean, it's just as many dads doing it as Mm -hmm. there are moms doing it, um, which I think speaks directly directly to that. I mean, we have, uh, I feel like it's pretty much 50 50 who's doing that. Mm hmm. Well, I'll notice that my when I drop my daughter at dance, it's all moms. And when I drop my daughter at basketball, it's all dads. So no, well, let me wrap this up with one final kind of thought or question to you, and I'll, I'll throw this to you first. What do you think is your biggest struggle personally with managing the work-life balance? <laughs> uh, I think my biggest struggle is the, the, the travel that comes in with our, our job sometimes. I think, you know, while I, and I've talked about this before, like while I do enjoy having to, you know, go away and, and have a quiet glass of wine without people like talking to my kids, talking to me, or asking a couple me, cl- yeah, quiet, quiet glasses of wine. She didn't program. say how big the glass is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a deep debate of what, how many glasses of wine are in one bottle. <laughs> Two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, while I enjoy that, the the time leading up to that, I find to be very stressful because mm-hmm. I have to make, I mean, I have to make sure everything is in order. The pickups, the drop-offs, the, the, I have to make sure I'm 
know whatever weird school things coming up that they have their hat for Dr. Seuss Day or whatever it may be. So the travel I find to be the the hardest part for me because there's a lot of planning ahead for it. And then while I enjoy having that time away, I do can't wait till I get back because, you know, it, it's it sucks to be away from your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I struggle with that. It's kind of like an internal struggle. Like, I'm having fun, but I shouldn't be. <laughs> and I want to get back. And then I get back. And I'm like, oh, I want to go back away. Yeah. Never quite so, happy where you are. Right? <laughs> right. How about you, Scott? What's your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge with that is the calls I sometimes would get from the younger kids. Because we switch off so well and everything runs so well when we're together, if I've got to go away for an extended period of time, the hardest part is when the youngest child will call up in tears. Oh, I yeah. miss you. I can't go to sleep at night. And it's just because the dynamic is thrown off a little bit. It's not that my wife isn't doing a great job. She's doing a fantastic job. But it's just the emotional piece of, you know, because you, know, you don't ever want to see your kids upset for any reason. Um, but if it's, you know, they just miss you at bedtime or something's happened at school and it's like, all right, I'm not there for it or something happened at practice, good or bad, then it's that kind of guilty feeling. It's like, oh, I wish I could be there to help it out. How about you, yeah. Kara? What's yours? I mean, we alluded to this before. My biggest challenge is the compartmentalizing and, yeah. you know, kind of leaving work at work to the extent that it's possible. Um, but again, I'm lucky because I do have my husband there to sort of remind me like, woohoo, pay attention to this. What's going on right here? Because this is going to go by so fast and it's not you're not going to get it back. Yeah. Um, so but but I really do struggle with that because for the longest time, you know, I think maybe, you know, Trish, you can probably relate to this, but before you had kids, you know, everyone just expected you to be available and responsive because what else could you possibly be doing? <laughs> Absolutely. You're um, single lawyer. Yeah. You're in the office at 7 a.m. Right. or you're doing something um, You know, I find people are, are, I find my clients are more understanding, um, you know, when you do have kids because they, you know, a lot of them do too and they know what it's like when you go home. Um, but for me, it's hard to kind of turn that off and sort of just accept that like eh, at any, on any given day, I'm probably going to be doing a subpar job at something, you know, in my <laughs> mind, but you know, it's okay. Uh, but that's that's really what I think I'm I'm struggling with now. That's I'm with you. Um, that is my biggest thing is being 100% present when I'm with my family and my daughter and my stepson when I'm there. I don't have that master. There are days that I do it better than others, mm-hmm. but I think more often than not, I, it's a it's a daily struggle for me. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you guys, my the listeners here, if you have any tips for us, oh, yeah. you know, let us let us hear it. But this has been a great episode. I love how candid you guys were. Scott, super thanks for just hopping on with a half hour notice without any hesitancy whatsoever. Kara, awesome. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. Your insight has been just great. So, and Megan too. I'm not trying to leave you out. That's but, all right. Um, we have okay the same life, that. I think, sometimes. But um, so anyway, if you guys like uh, the podcast, uh, would love to get a, a comment, a follow, a share, a subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate it. But make sure you join us next time on the Defense Never Rest. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.